Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers defeat the Penn State Nittany Lions 68-60 at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, a game the Hoosiers led by 19 points in the first half, with then trailed by six in the second half, but the Hoosiers regained control of the game, got a win that they really, really needed, a win that's really going to look good on the resume, as this Penn State team has obviously been very good uh, this season. The win brings Indiana's overall record to 18-9. and They are now back to 500 in conference play at eight and eight. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And for the banner moment, I'm going back to the middle of the second half. You know, as I said, for a while, it looked like it was going to be easy, you know, with Indiana up 19 on this Penn State team that had really been playing well on the road. But Penn State showed what kind of a mature team they are, and Indiana did not come out of the gates in the second half very good, which we will talk about. And Penn State ends up taking a 48-42 to lead, nothing seeming to go right for Indiana, especially on the offensive end. And that is when Indiana's two young players really stepped up and gave them the spark that they needed. With it 48-42, to Jerome Hunter stepped up on the wing, drained a huge three-pointer to make it 48-45, then went down on the other end and I thought had one of the best defensive possessions of his season, where he got a deflection out top, then played great defense on a drive to force a miss. Indiana would go down on the other end and get the ball inside to race Thompson and he scored with his left hand on a beautiful post move the second time that he scored on a great post move today and really I thought that was one of the stories of the game was we've seen the defense we've seen the rebounding we've seen the hustle from race Thompson today we saw a little bit more of the offense and if he can provide that dimension it will be huge for Indiana down the stretch that brought Indiana uh, to within uh, to within one and then coming down the next possession, race runs hard in transition, grabs a rebound off of Al Durham's miss, scores. Indiana goes up 49 to 48. They would not trail again. It led Donnie Marshall to say that Race Thompson is one of his favorite players in college basketball. So Donnie channeling his inner Ryan Phillips. Uh, and and look, race boy, was Donnie. race was terrific. It, you know, on on the offensive end and the defensive end. You know, made Lamar Stevens work, even though Stevens got his points. You know, made, race uh, helped make it an inefficient day for him, but. But, you know, sometimes for a team to turn things around midseason and to start playing a lot better later in the season, you need some young guys to step up, start making big plays, start maturing. We've seen that from Jerome Hunter. We've certainly seen it from Race Thompson over these last couple of games. And if those guys can continue their ascension, they're going to make Indiana a very dangerous team coming down the stretch. All right. Our banner moment today, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, a company that was founded by an IU grad and that remains based in Indianapolis. And, you know, our friends at Homefield Apparel, they have over 70-plus different schools available on their website with unique, you know, old-school logos for all of them. But remember, IU was their first school. They remain huge supporters of IU Athletics, huge supporters of this show, and that's obviously one of the big reasons why we like supporting them. But the most important reasons why we like supporting them and why you should consider buying from any apparel company is that their stuff is really comfortable and it's really unique. So whether you're going to get a t-shirt, a long sleeve tee, a crew neck sweater, a hoodie, whatever it is, their material is so comfortable from the moment that you get it out of the package and then you keep wearing it, you keep washing it, it stays comfortable. It will last you all through the seasons and all through the season and for many seasons thereafter. And then their, their logos are just so unique. So whether you're a basketball fan, whether you're a football fan, both, if you want a unique way to show off your IU fandom or you want to get a gift for the IU fan in your life, you're going to find something really unique and interesting at homefieldapparel.com. And remember, 
Because you are a member of the Assembly Call audience, you get a massive discount when you order at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. That's ASSEMBLY20 for 20% off your entire order. Go to homefieldapparel.com today. Get the most unique and comfortable IU apparel anywhere. All right, guys, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And, Coach, we'll start with you. It's Tonsoni time. Uh, what a great game today for <clears throat> the Indiana Hoosiers. As uh, you, you never know what you're going to get with this team, and at least three out of the last four uh, games, including one on the road, Indiana has has played a lot better basketball. Outstanding first half, especially defensively. Uh, let up a little bit there to start the second half with their defensive intensity, and, and, and really had a really poor run against against them. But what we have not seen this year is handling adversity and got, getting down 48 to 42. The Hoosiers buckled down uh, and found a way to get back in. And a wide array of Hoosiers uh, were, were uh, very helpful today and, and responsible for uh, getting this victory. And it's uh, the fifth victory against a ranked opponent. It's also the sixth quad one win. And while the, the, there is no such thing as a lock for Indiana Hoosiers to the NCAA tournament from a bracketology aspect, it is looking uh, a lot lot better with all the bubble teams getting beat yesterday and then Indiana adding a huge win today. Uh, you got to keep winning games, uh, but it looks good for the Hoosiers. And more so than that, fellas, is the way they're playing. An emphasis of getting the ball inside. Uh, even when they were two for nine from the post to start the second half and missing shots from inside, uh, the emphasis of getting inside, harder cuts on offense, and generally a solid defense short of that maybe first four minutes of the second half. Uh, that's the style of basketball that I think all of us like to see play and the effort and the togetherness, and let's hope that it continues. Absolutely. Ryan, your rant on this Indiana victory. I, I said it to you guys in the text, and I'm going to say it on the air. Race Thompson is Indiana's second best player right now and, and might be their second best player moving forward. The way he can contribute on both ends of the floor, even if he isn't putting up statistics and scoring a ton or, or getting a ton of rebounds, or that guy just changes games for the positive. And, and he struggled with foul trouble today, but it was still guarding Lamar Stevens for most of the afternoon when he was in and, and did a really good job. And as you said, you know, uh, <laughs> off the air, and I think you said it in your intro the second time, Jared, but he, he, he made Stevens an inefficient player today. And, and Stevens had 29 points, but on 27 shots. And he was contested every single time. He drew fouls on Stevens. I mean, he, he just played an outstanding basketball game. He needs to make his free throws late, obviously. But, you know, for an 8.4 rebound performance in 21 minutes, you would think, yeah, that's, that's an okay game. He was stellar today, and he did a ton all over the floor for this team. And he makes everybody else better because he takes pressure off some of the other guys. And I just think, and, and, and Trace Jackson Davis said after the game, he thinks he's one of the best defensive players around. And uh, race, he's, he said that about race. And look, the guy just is, is somebody who needs to be on the floor for Indiana. And, and, and quite frankly, I thought coming out in the second half and starting Joey Bronk was a huge mistake for Archie Miller. And I, I don't understand the, I get the loyalty to a guy who's a leader and, and, and Bronk is certainly a leader with his work ethic and, and just who he is as a person, but it's time to make a switch in that starting lineup because you're, you're not getting anything out of Joey Bronk right now. And he can be somebody you rotate in, but especially, you know, teams are just taking advantage of Joey and his physical limitations. It's time to change that up. I'd rather see Deron Davis or I'd rather see Ray Thompson in that role, you know, to start the game. 
especially to start that second half. It was it was so obvious what was going to happen at the start of that second half. They switched Brunk on to Stevens, and Brunk got annihilated twice. It's time to, to, to put this away. Respect to Joey Brunk and everything he's doing, but you know what? Joey Brunk wants to win, too. And, and, if he, and he's got to know that this is not the way that it's going to work for Indiana. Race Thompson, right now, our second-best player, and, and he needs to be on the floor even more than he is now. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I thought that that start of the second half and look, it, it started at the end of the first half when Indiana gave up that six zero run at the end of the yeah, half. it was not a great finish to the first, but, half. you know, but the way they started that second half, I mean, they just came out flat, you know, and you could see on offense, they tried to get it into trace, but Joey was there kind of clogging up the space and then, you know, really got beaten on a couple defensive plays and he got taken out early in the first half, early in the second half. And you know, it just it it kind of killed the momentum. And look, I I think he Joey played Bronk, six minutes total. Yeah, and he was minus three. You know, and and look, that number doesn't often tell the story, but it does today. Race was plus thirteen. Duran was plus thirteen, and that matches what you watched. You know, and so if for some reason Archie thinks that Race comes up, you know, plays better off the bench, and maybe that's true, then you start Duran Davis because he's giving you good minutes now. And look. Indiana would not be where they are right now in terms of the NCAA tournament were it not for what Joey Brunk did in December against Notre Dame and against UConn and in some of those games. But right now, he's not having that impact. And I think there can be games where he does. But I agree with you. You know, this was a good win. I don't want to harp on the negative too much, but I thought that decision coach out of the second half really just set Indiana up to fail at a time when I thought they had to reassert control of the game. And that's why I thought that was just a really, I get, you know, he's like Ryan says, loyal to him, but man, at some point that stubbornness just really hurts your team. Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with you on it's probably time to make a change. Coaches are hesitant to make that change in game. Uh, you know, you just go with starters and, and you have the quick hook. But I do agree that uh, he, he was taken advantage of there. And here's the positive way to look at it. Maybe you can find Joey Brunk some positive play minutes against a backup post player or yeah. in a different rotation where That's he, the big he can come thing. in. He can come in and do Joey Brunk things uh, more now because they've schemed for him and the starters and all of that stuff. So you can, you know, benching is not necessarily a negative. It's just putting players in better positions. Um, and so that'll be interesting to see if that continues. It is obvious that his weight room and his offseason, his leadership is the reason that he's starting. But now maybe if this team has turned the corner with some togetherness, as we've seen at Minnesota and we've seen here, and the team is buying in. Now you can reward some other players for that very same thing. Race staying with it through injury last year and not playing a lot of minutes early. Hunter uh, trying to find his way. There's a lot of positives um, leadership in the last three or four games. Now that can go away real quick too. But um, yeah, I, I think Race Thompson has just been fantastic, glorious human being here the last uh, few games. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's just... That's the dudes that we've always been talking about the last three years since the coaching change of the dudes and the type of play that that we're looking forward to. It just hasn't been there, and he hasn't been there as well. Well, and again, you know, that's why to me the biggest development today, we know about the defense, but coach, I thought seeing him with some of those post moves, I mean, if he can be a guy that you can dump it down to on the block when he's playing with Trace, that really adds another wrinkle to Indiana's offense. And he looked really competent on those. You know, and for a guy like that, it's all about getting reps and getting confidence in a game. If that's something he can start doing down the stretch and get you a couple buckets that aren't just garbage buckets and he can actually score out of the flow of the offense a couple times, you know, now he becomes more than just that sixth man energy tough guy. You know, he becomes a legit starting guy. And that's what he looked like today.
I, I also think you can utilize his three-point shooting. I, I don't think you want him shooting a lot of those, but if they help off of him and double on Trace Jackson Davis and it's a wide-open three on a kick out from inside out, uh, we don't have stretch fours. We don't have stretch threes, uh, you know, with with, uh, with certain lineups in the game, like most of the college teams do. So I think he's capable of doing that, at least stretching the floor as well as the low post. And as you saw, uh, Indiana struggled today in the low post um, scoring the basketball. It was not very efficient. Credit uh, Penn State's length and defense, but Indiana's got to be better. And when he, he scores inside, he was the one who had a higher percentage, I think. I, I don't, um, The stats here, when we get to this, uh, he was the only post player, four of six. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis was six of 17. Davis was one of three. And, and Brunk um, was 0 for 1. So he was the only one that was positive in the low post in, in his action. So, yeah, I, I just look for him to continue to get more minutes, if not get a starting spot. Right, I want to talk about Trace a little bit. You know, obviously the numbers today not as otherworldly as against Minnesota. You know, but he he does get have thirteen points, does have ten rebounds, and even though he was only six of seventeen, you know, and coach, you talked about this on the halftime report. You know, Trace too often today was trying to avoid contact, play around contact instead of playing through it. When he did play through it, you know, good things seemed to happen. But I was impressed that he stuck with it. You know, we've seen some games when he gets frustrated and, you know, things aren't going quite so well. He stops demanding the ball quite so much, but he continued to be a guy that Indiana could play through. And so even though he wasn't having the kind of efficient scoring game we've seen from him, he was still able to be the centerpiece for the offense that everybody could kind of revolve around. And and so, again, not as statistically impressive of a game, but I thought from a maturity perspective and just what he brought, his willingness to stick with it against a really good interior defense and a really tough Penn State team showed some growth from him today. Yeah, it was a really physical game today, and, and especially in the post. And I thought that a lot of the fouls were called out on the perimeter or when guards drove as opposed guards got into the post as opposed to when the big guys were uh, getting, you know, battling in there. And and that's one of the things that I think kind of annoyed a lot of people is Trace was Trace was getting hammered down there, and he wasn't getting the respect he deserves. And he only shot three free throws, and he had seventeen shots, uh, field goals, and. It was a much more physical game than Minnesota, and I think that he fought through. I think you're right. Uh, he did go 13-10 and 10 today, and he, Indiana remains undefeated when he gets a double-double. So I, I think it's worth noting that he did fight. He continued to battle, and he was obviously the focal point offensively, even if he wasn't scoring a ton. Um, six of 17 from the field is not what you want. But in context of this game, he continued to work down low and, and, and open up some opportunities. And those opportunities where he was working opened things up for other people on drives and on uh, open jumpers. So it's not the statistical uh, night you want for or day you want from, from Trace Jackson Davis, but he worked all game. You're right. He didn't get frustrated. He didn't get in his, in his feelings or anything like that. He had that incredible spin move on uh, – on Lamar Stevens for a dunk at one oh, point man, that, that was, was just outstanding. Uh, and, and you, you got to remember, this is a freshman, you know, a young kid just had his birthday going up against one of the better players in the Big Ten and just abusing him a few times. And and so while it was statistically, it may not be as glamorous a game as the Minnesota one, it was a pretty good performance from Trace. And he just kept at it. You're right. That's That was the big thing. He kept being a threat. They couldn't neutralize him and just say, we'll focus on everybody else. They had to keep their focus on him, which opened up things for the rest of the team. And, and that's why you win, is when your best player takes all the attention and everybody else can do something. Coach? And he improved within the game. 
you know, Agreed. he was, he was and he was a presence defensively too. Yes. And he, he didn't let that affect him, which has been an Indiana problem, not with Trace Jackson Davis, but with other players. When the offensive side goes down, then the defense doesn't, he didn't let that affect him, but he was more on attack mode. Uh, even, even a couple of his misses, which were still kind of that trying to go up and around, but he went through people and he went at the rim hard in the, in the second half. And you like to see players make adjustments within the game. And, and Trace Jackson Davis is just uh, really, really good. It's all about angles in the post. I mentioned that at halftime. You got to get good angles. And when you're, when you're straight, your back is straight to the basket, then you got to go over or through somebody, not around somebody or kick it back out. And he'll learn that they'll watch tape, but my gosh, we're talking about a guy who got double, double here <laughs> and, and really draw a lot of attention just a fantastic effort uh and again some big blocks and his rebounds were very important i mean two armed rebounds in traffic against a very physical team you know um someone in in our text i think it was ryan mentioned about rob's rebounds the guard rebounds were solid today too i think hunter got got a lot of loose ball rebounds that didn't Uh, come to him where he had to track them down those are things maybe in the next segment of what you didn't see but the the two-hand rebounds in traffic against a very physical team by the guards by race uh by trace jackson davis were very very big Parts as, as we saw early in the ha- first half, the offensive rebound is they got a few baskets off of that. I didn't feel as much, so they were hitting a lot of shots, so there weren't opportunities. But I, I thought it was pretty good effort on, on, on that part as well, but by Trace and, and everyone else. We'll talk about the guard some off the top of the next segment, but one other guy that I want to mention here in this segment is Justin Smith, who I thought did not provide much at all in the first half. In his 14 minutes, he had three points, two rebounds, two turnovers. You know, from my taste, it was just a lot more of the flat-footed Justin Smith than you want to see. I thought over the last five minutes of the game, he was awesome. I thought he was flying around. He got that steal on the inbounds. He was getting tough rebounds. He made free throws. And, you know, you look at that and you say, my God, that guy is a difference maker. And he really was. So he he really helped Indiana close this game. Yeah, that for a while, he wasn't given much coach. But I thought he was a big reason why Indiana closed the game the way they did. I will agree with everything you said and add that at the 15-minute mark after the big run, uh, Justin Smith got on uh, Lamar Stevens, and Stevens still scored a little bit, but it started to level off, and, and his uh, his attempts were more challenged from that point, and then Race got on him. So the combination of those two guys guarding uh, Stevens, and, and he's going to get his points. He's just an incredible player in the Big Ten for Penn State, but I thought he got easy looks early in the second half. And then Justin got in and started making it tougher, and then Race kind of finished the deal. Uh, and, and I didn't see late on late who was on him, but those two really did a nice job of cooling him off after he got to like 21, 22 points real quick in the, at the start of the second half. So, yeah, Justin Smith does a lot of things that we don't see in the in the in the box score, uh, and that's why Archie has liked him. That's why all of us get frustrated a little bit because we see missed shots and uh, and and that flat footedness not into the game sometimes, but. Yeah, I thought he was huge uh, in non-box score things in the second half. Yep. All right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's eight-point victory over Penn State, we will point out today's meaningful moments that you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from this very important Indiana victory. You are listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. 
join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosier. Thank you, James. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's victory over Penn State this afternoon at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And guys, it is time for today's meaningful moments that you might have missed. You know, one that I want to talk about just off the top, because it was definitely uh, the most fun play of the game. And this came at the 15-minute mark of the first half, uh, you know, when Indiana was really on a nice run. And Al Durham grabbed a really tough defensive rebound uh, on a Lamar Stevens miss, got it ahead to Deron Davis, who was backpedaling, and while backpedaling, kicked a little pass over to Trace Jackson Davis for a dunk. It put Indiana up 14-5, to really you know, just got Assembly Hall going uh, after a little bit of a slow start. And that was that was just a fun play, you know, and, and Deron Davis... Classic Deron assist, right? He, you know, he... We'll talk about this a lot more, obviously, with his senior day coming up. But he is, I mean, he is one of the best passers for a big man that I've seen in an Indiana uniform. And he will probably never get that credit just because, you know, he's, his playing time has been so up and down. His contributions have been so inconsistent. But he has such great passing touch, passing instincts. Uh, and that was, that was just a really good play. But, you know, what I want to talk about here is I thought, and, and that was one example, you know, Al Durham's real tough rebound there. I thought the first half was one of the best halves of basketball Al Durham has played. Now, the second half was not so good. His defense wasn't good. He threw two of the worst turnovers I think I've ever seen in the second half when he lobbed it over Devontae Green's head and then when he fired that bounce pass at Ray's Thompson. Those are meaningful moments that none of us missed and they were bad. But go back to the first half because if you think to what happened the first time we played Penn State, in addition to not having Race and Jerome in that game, and look at the difference those guys make, the reason we lost that game was because our guard play was terrible. And I thought in the first half, both One of Al, the worst games of the year, yes. easily. And in the, fir- in the first half, both Al and Devontae, and, and Rob too to a certain extent, they played really, really well to get Indiana off to a good start. There was one play in particular at the 16-minute mark at 7-5, and Al Durham probably did some of the best cutting and using of a screen to set himself up for a three-point shot that we've seen all season long. He, he he cut, got the ball on the wing, didn't have a shot. He got it back to Rob Finnessy. Rob stuck with him. You know, he sprinted into the lane, got his man leaning one way, then cut right back out, used Trace's screen, got open for a, a three. We just haven't seen that stuff very much. And that's the kind of savvy, you know, upperclassman type stuff that you want to see from Al. And, you know, the other play that really stuck out to me, Ryan, was, you know, when it's 26 to 18... Penn State's going on a little, you know, a little bit of a run, uh, and it, it, immediately Indiana pushed it right back out, and it was great plays by Devontae and Al. One was a three-pointer by Devontae, and he had nine points in the first half. But you know, the other one, Coach, you mentioned this on the halftime report. Devontae got it in transition. Instead of forcing something or doing something crazy, he made the simple pass to Al Durham. Al didn't force the three. He shot faked, drove in, hit a layup. It's 31 to 18. And then, of course, right after that, Devontae would just go nuclear for two threes. And that put Indiana up 19. But I just thought those two guys together were just outstanding in the first half in terms of getting their points the way that they need to get them. You know, Al scored in a variety of ways. Devontae, I think, played the first six or seven minutes without taking a shot and was really solid. And when Indiana can get that kind of guard play from those two guys, and again, it didn't continue into the second half, and that's an issue, is them being able to play 40 minutes. But we saw from those two guys over the first 20 minutes how good they can be when they're fully locked in and playing to the you know to their capabilities. 
Yeah, they gave him life, I think, at a time when the team didn't have any. And and a lot of times those guys are on the floor when the team struggles through those runs and, and struggles to score and run good offense. And and they did a bit in the second half. They were on the floor for some, some pretty bad possessions a little later in the half, in the second half. But in general, I thought both of them played really well contained games. Look, Al Durham can drive. Al Durham can finish. And there were a couple times he got in there and he got fouled and they didn't call it. There were a couple of times he was in, he was inside one time, got fouled, got the ball back, went up and the race Thompson wound up tipping the ball in, but you know, Al is going in there to score and he's getting fouled and, and they're not giving him calls a few t- on a few of them. But I, I thought that he played hard. And when he drives with a purpose that he's a good player and, and when he doesn't, and when he drives and flails, he's a bad player. And, and I thought that you're right. that, that one possession where he worked his way open for a three is, you know, kind of the thing you've been asking these guys to do to a run plays for shooters and b work their way and work hard to get open. Uh, that's what's going to get you three pointers and good looks, not dribbling around the perimeter and maybe passing side to side. You got to work to get open. You want to get a good look. You got to work for it, especially in this league and especially against a, a good defensive team like Penn state, you have to work to get what you're Nothing's going to come easy. Um, so I, I I thought, yeah, in the first half, both guys played really well and worked really hard. I thought Devontae took some bad shots in the second half. That's part of playing Devontae Green. He was three of eight from three. Uh, a couple of the ones in the second half were bad shots that he kind of waited for the clock to run down and then, you know, shot into them, uh, drove into them and, and, and shot where he's at his best in catch and shoot situations. He didn't really have catch and shoot situations today. In the first half, he, he made all of those shots for himself. So, uh, you know, kudos to him for, for maybe getting a little sharper on those dribble pull up opportunities as opposed to, uh, you know, some past games where he's, he's, he's dribble he's used his dribble pull up kind of to, to launch bricks where I didn't think that he did that today. So I just thought in general, the guard play was better and, and continue to continued development. Hopefully they continue to sort of, you know, improve a little bit, but you get 14 from Durham, you get seven from fantasy, you get 10 from green. I mean, that's worlds more than you were getting a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, we were lucky if they combined for 10 points. And, And so you get those points and it makes up for Trace Jackson Davis only having 13 instead of 27. You have filled that gap right there. And yeah. we know offense is the is the area where Indiana, it's kind of like, all right, where's the offense going to come from? Those guys are starting to provide a consistent, you know, wave of offense that can sustain the team if, you know, Trace Jackson Davis has an off night. If uh, Bronk and, and, and Deron Davis can't get anything going in the post, you need some scoring from other places. And I think the guards have started to provide that. Yeah, you know, now look, I thought they all they made some big mistakes late in the game, you know, with some of the turnovers, some of the bad passes. But you know, you know, one question that I have for you, coach, you know, we saw a stretch there and, and Rob Finnessy did end the game on the court, but we saw a stretch there from about the five minute mark to the two minute mark where Archie was rolling with Devontae and Al. And, you know, now that's either a mistake or that's a sign that he doesn't you know, that maybe he doesn't trust Rob as much to be on the court in that situation. I think most of us were kind of looking at that, like, why is Rob not out there? You know, and yet, you know, I think Rob, for all the good things he did today, you know, seven of eight from the line, had those five rebounds that you guys talked about, five steals. I mean, he made an impact. Offensively, he still looks a little lost at times, and he still isn't aggressive at times. And I'm just, I'm wondering if, if there was a reason Archie didn't have him out there because he felt a little bit more comfortable with Al and Devante actually being able to push Indiana into some offense outside of Rob. I, I have a hard time believing that he could feel comfortable without Rob out there. 
um, in in crunch time. And well, so then that's I, malpractice. Well, it's, he didn't it's, have it's him out there either, for three minutes. Uh, yeah, it's either malpractice or there's probably a story behind it. Um, you know, I we don't know what Rob has done practice wise. I mean, they haven't publicized the minutes. I, I know that gets old talking about it, but um, you know, he. I think sometimes. Um, he sits because he has to sit for, for rest purposes. That's the only reason that it can make any sense. Um, and that you, with a seven point lead, you can maybe buy a minute. Cause we do this all the time in coaching too. If you got a lead, that's when you can rest your, your guys. Uh, it makes no sense sometimes when you give up that lead, but you can't rest your guys when it's a one or two point game. So, um, I don't know what the minute situation is with him. He just has not seemed physically, uh, and mentally as right as he was last year. And I don't mean that in, in a negative way towards Rob, but that is that not lack of aggressive offensively. I thought he had a great def- – he did what he had to do. He hit free throws down the stretch, seven of eight. He got some key steals. I think uh, uh, Ryan put in here five steals. He had five so, steals He had today. four in the yeah, first, so like, ten minutes of the game. So yeah, He did what he needed he to do. Yeah. I just don't know that he is conditioned enough to play the type of minutes that Indiana needs him for 40 minutes. Uh, and, and it's almost malpractice not having him out there for 40 minutes. And, um, yeah. And, and, and so it, it just seemed bad at that point. Like I was trying to find an answer, but if, if he, I, I just, I think it's reasonable to say that he tried to get through those minutes more than he preferred Devante and L out there. Cause when the turnover was made, then he went quickly. said, we got to go now. We got to go now for me. That was a little too long. I know that for the rest of you, that was way too long uh, yeah. to wait. Uh, but that, that's pro- I would imagine well, that's you what's going had on in coaching office. You, you had mentioned that you thought they got him out just before the four, the under four minute, and get him a little extra rest, and then you get the timeout. And then when they yeah. came, and I was like, okay, yeah. well that's understandable. And then when they came out of the under four and he wasn't in, I was like, all right, this is too long. Like that's yeah, uh, you can't do, especially because if you got a lead late, teams are going to press, and there's only one guy right. on this team who can handle the who can ball handle out of a press, and it's Rob. And and we've tried with other guys, and it just doesn't it's, work. And so here's what I wonder is that you you need him to be Rob as best as he can. And that last two and a half, three and a minutes is going to be high intensity, high pressure. And, and so maybe you tried to stretch it as long as you can, because once you go with them, you need him out there and you can't afford him to go hard from the five minute mark to the two minute mark and then be winded and, and do those things. So I think I would almost have to hope that there is something be behind that decision other than just basketball because I would disagree with it if it was just if it was just basketball but look at this guys the guards did what they needed to do yeah, Durham they- scored he's not a great defender he scored he was cutting hard he hit a cup uh, a three he uh he was driving we need Devonte to do what get us going he is a good uh, emotional guy when he hits his threes man the whole place goes crazy everyone lift and we need him not to make too many mistakes he had one turnover and we need l i mean rob to run the show hit free throws and, and play good defense on the best penetrator and tonight everyone did their role not perfectly they didn't play perfectly but they played as well as as we have seen and if you have good guard play you're going to be in a lot of games if you're at indiana hoosiers one other stretch. Yeah, Rob, that, hold on. Rob and Devonte combined had two turnovers uh, right. and handled the ball a That's lot. Good. Right? You know, Durham had four. He had the one late, but it, it, but those two combined only had two, and they're they're only be the ones handling the ball the most when they're out there. So that's that's impressive to only have two turnovers from your two. We need a hard. we need a almost turnover. Give coach a heart attack with Devonte Green stat. I mean, yeah, he had well. one turnover, but there's there's some times when it's. Oh boy! Dribbling yes. through a crowd, going behind yeah. the back between yeah. two guys, yeah, with three guys around him, yeah. 
Uh, one other stretch that I thought was just absolutely huge is when it was 57-54. Um, and I thought Indiana's juniors, Al and Justin, really stepped up and made some huge plays. You know, Al, who had struggled offensively in the second half after his strong start, you know, they ran a little set for him. And he came off a curl uh, at the elbow, hit a nice little uh, floater in the lane at the end of the shot clock. That put Indiana up five. Called uh, bank, of course. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, down on the other end, then Justin... Uh, just being really alert defensively, they tried to get it down low to Mike Watkins, and he just came over from the help and swiped the ball away to force a steal, uh, which was big. And then you come down on the other end, Justin gets another big offensive rebound on Devontae's long three-point miss. Now, you know, that's when that Alex tossed huge. the ball away. He threw the little fade to nobody uh, in the corner. So forget about you know, that I'm for not, a moment. I'm going to defend, then- defend Al there for a second. Devontae made a move like he was going to cut to the corner and then move to cut to the wing, and Al threw the pass to the corner. Yeah, it was it what he didn't yeah, finish, he never his, finish cut. his cut. So yeah. that's a turnover for Al, but really that's a miscommunication between two guys, and they should both share that one. All point. right, I'll 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 give you that. They should get um, a half a turnover each. I'll give Agreed. you that. But then 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 it came down. Uh, Justin got a board, uh, got a rebound, makes a couple of free throws at sixty one fifty four. So you know those two guys really stepped up once Penn State got it back to three. Coach and helped Indiana close. And that, that's big, because we've been looking for leadership from the older guys, and we got it some today. And Justin Smith was active down low defensively, too. Some of those misses on those rebounds, he was bouncing up and down quick off his feet, uh, just making things tough, contesting those twos in there, as well as getting those rebounds. Uh, and so, yeah, he again, this is what Justin Smith does. He guards people, he gets rebounds, and then he, he can hit some shots um, when he's aggressive to the rim and, and free throws. That that was fantastic. And and I do th- – Durham hit a couple free throws. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that, was, that was good to see. Guys, a team wins when it's not about who gets the points or who gets the stats or who – do what you do. Do your job. If you do your job, what you're good at, and you do it well over and over and over again, and you collectively have eight or nine guys doing their job, then you're going to win more games than you lose. And, and that's what Justin Smith and Al Durham brought to, to the game uh, today. Any other meaningful moments for you guys that jumped out? I, Justin Hunter hitting his only three. It's 48 42. Or Jerome, Jerome. Justin. Yeah. Jerome Hunter, 48-42, hits a three to make it 48-45, get some energy back into Assembly Hall. I think that was a key play. Uh, and he was – I don't know if it was a good shot. That was the banner moment, Coach. <sighs> no, it was huge. True. It was a huge play. You know, and I would have liked to see him actually get more time on the court. He sat for a little while after that. Now, you know, obviously Justin played well, but – you know, I he he only got that one shot, but I I liked from Jerome that he didn't force it, and I thought after several games, coach, where he has struggled defensively, I thought he was back locked in defensively today. Yeah. And really played well. Sorry, sorry, beating the banner moment, but I just wanted to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I think his uh, that was that was really important, and his twenty minutes were were really important, like you said, defensively, but. I think his effort too. Uh, he's cutting hard. He's moving hard. They're running some slice cuts for him to get into the post. So I, I'd like to s- watch for that in games coming up where they screen him into the post. Uh, I think that's he can take a smaller guy too, uh, and that that's someone that we haven't talked about. That I just thought that was huge, and his overall play was very important. Um, Let's talk numbers, Coach. What numbers jump out to you today? Five of fourteen from three. I think we. I think we took good amounts of three. Maybe one or two. I thought Armand Franklin had a bad shot there. Yeah, that, that was, was a three. I, and again, uh, 
Devontae will hold on to it, like Ryan said, and, and then have to shoot a three every once in a while. But, again, this team went inside. Um, and despite the misses inside, the inside-out play was really important. And I think that shows by not having to take um, – too many threes and on the other hand then i'll take 35 percent from three from this absolutely and then holding penn state to two of 14 from three um you know regardless of what they were on the year that that's outstanding uh play there as well so the three-point line uh while not a big part of indiana's offense was a a key factor in in the win you know one thing that we should mention is that myron jones did not play in this game this is the fifth straight game that he's missed for penn state he's a really good player and a really important part of what they do that obviously made Penn State a little bit less deep. Indiana was able to take advantage as Indiana wins the bench points battle, twenty-five to twelve. Obviously, race was big. You know, Devonte Green ha- had a big part in that, um, so that was huge for Indiana. Uh, points in the paint was even at thirty-four. Rebounding was pretty even at thirty-seven to thirty-five. Um, and and, they, and got then, a, they got a couple extra laid off missed free throws too. So. Yeah, and then I thought you know points off turnovers, twenty-one to eight. You know, points off turnovers, bench points, that those were two huge differences in this game for Indiana. And look, when you're at home, you would expect your bench, you know, to play a little bit better. Uh, and after how much Indiana turned it over up there, you know, to be able to turn Penn State over, especially early, and then turn those turnovers into points for a team that can really struggle in half-court offense at times, that was really big for Indiana. We saw, you know, part of the formula, you know, for what Archie Miller wants to do uh, for this team, you know, with getting out in transition a little bit today, Coach. Yeah, I, I think the, the another stat for for us for me is points per possession point nine oh one point nine oh nine. Uh, Indiana when when they decide to play good team defense really really makes things happen. Um, and Ray metrics, Thompson just makes them so much better defensively. Absolutely, the sad he, he, thing he is he guards his man and he helps on everybody and he just he's a disruptor. It's yeah. it's amazing to watch how much better. And then with Justin Smith late again, as you guys have mentioned, really Ryan, the defense up. In the how about that block on Stevens late? I don't know what the score was, but he bullied his way down and went up for a shot, and, and race just blocked it. And, and Indiana got a possession. I don't know if it was a five point game or a three point game. But that's exactly what you're talking about, disrupting and holding teams uh, down. But stat-wise, that's a couple of games in a row where Indiana's defense has really shown up. And unfortunately, the metrics are somewhat baked in at this point with the net and Ken Palm and all of those that when you get blown out at Michigan and then you have a good effort today. So that's why the net is not as as good as it possibly can, although I, I would think Indiana might jump up to the high 50s in that for, for bracketing purposes. But that shows me a lot when when you're holding teams like this um, down. It, it just bodes well if, if we can maintain that. The, and then the issue is consistency, obviously. But that was a stat that stuck out to me. And 22.7 turnover possession for Penn State. Uh, and Indiana benefited from the um, points off turnovers, especially in the first half. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say turno- turnovers being 15 to, to 12 was my, my big one. Um, that and we can also, you know, I don't want to talk about this, but forty-six fouls called in the game. Was this game was one. played in the Cole Center, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it was just to weather that. But honestly, they did a great job weathering the storm because there could have been, you know, that could have been. There were there was a stretch of four calls late that went to Penn that went Penn State's way, and it helped take it from a seven-point lead to like maybe a one-point lead. It got or two three-point lead. It got really close because of some really bad calls, and and Indiana could have reacted to that and they didn't and they stuck with it and they kept playing they adjusted to the whistle 
which which we talked about at halftime. I thought they did that very well. Ryan, do you think sometimes the more physical team benefits from whistles, which seems weird? Um, sure. It should be the other way around. Uh, yeah. But when you're the bully, you tend to get more fouls called on your behalf. I've seen that in, in high school and college. Do you, they, you agree? Yeah, and, and officials, you know, they – they grade on a curve and they don't even know they're doing it, you know? So it's like, well, he didn't completely hammer him this time. He just had partial contact. So I'm not going to call that one. You know, it's uh, instead of making the team adjust to the officials, the officials adjust to teams sometimes. And and that can be, it's, it's staggeringly bad because then you get uneven calls on either side and Indiana or whoever might think, okay, well, they're not going to, they're calling this level of contact. So I'll back it down a little bit. Um, but they're not calling this, so I can do that. And then they'll do it and and get called for it. And it's just there's no consistency or way to adjust. I don't mind calling a lot of contact if it's evenly dispersed throughout the game and you're consistent with it. The problem is when you're calling all kinds of different things and people and, and players can't adjust to the whistles. And and as you said, and and the first half was an absolute disaster. You would have guys getting hammered on the inside and then got two guys, you know, barely graze each other on the perimeter and there would be a foul call. And so it's just, there needs to be some level of consistency to the contact call. The other number, obviously, and we mentioned this 31 points from the three guards, Al Durham, Rob Finnessy, Devontae Green. I think we would all, if you could tell me that we can pencil in 31 points from those three guys in a game, I don't care what the, the distribution is, give it to me. But one more number, you know, look, we've come on here. We've, you know, talked about uh, we don't like Archie Miller starting Joey Brunk at the start of the second half. And what's he doing with Rob Finnessy? I think we need to mention something here. You know, Saturday, February 8th, Indiana loses to Purdue by 12. Indiana's 5-7 and seven in conference play, 15-8 overall. They've lost four in a row. And you remember, even some of the wins we were getting, you know, squeaking by Northwestern by four, beating Nebraska in overtime, beating Connecticut by three, Notre Dame by two. Like, even when we were winning some of these games, they were close games against teams that are NIT level. Over the last four games, you know, again, after the season is kind of, it feels like it's teetering on the brink. The Hoosiers beat Iowa by 12. They're the 22nd best team in Ken Palm. Now, obviously, we got killed at Michigan, but they are destroying everybody right now. And then go at Minnesota, the 33rd best team, beat them by 12. Penn State today, the number 19 team, beat them by eight, and we were up 19 at one point. So this Indiana team is playing its best basketball of the season right now in the middle of February, when it looked like just a couple of weeks ago, things might spiral out of control. So quibbles with Archie Miller and lineup decisions and all of that. But this guy has gotten his team together. They're playing with a renewed purpose on off on the offensive end of going through Trace Jackson Davis. They're playing more consistently defensively. Uh, and so, you know, who they're beating is impressive and how they're winning. I mean, th- th- this is as good as they've played, coach. And so it's, it's easy to criticize. We're certainly going to do it. But, you know, Macro or micro criticisms aside, overall, Archie Miller's really, really done a good job with this team over the last three weeks. Well, and, and I'm still an Archie Miller fan. I catch a lot of grief on social media for that, but I'm okay. I'm going to stick with it. He uh, he made some adjustments, as we mentioned before, on, on the ball screen stuff after Michigan. He's made some adjustments in pulling people minutes and changing some things minutes and playing hot hands more, despite what we talked about earlier in the show. And today he ran some new offensive sets in the first half uh, in order to get the ball inside because he knew that uh, – other teams know that's an emphasis as well. And so he's creative, some cross screen action, some diagonal back screens. Again, uh, there were a lot new, of new things put in. And so he's really, he's really squeezing everything he can to, to get this team to play. And, 
you know, they're still relatively young experience-wise. And, again, there, there are reasons, no excuses. You, you play the game to win and play it right, whether you're playing young guys or inexperienced guys or not. Uh, and it just seems to be clicking. Now, that can all go away in one trip to Mackey uh, on Thursday. You know, so we gotta, we got to be careful. Uh, there's still a lot of things that this team needs to do to clean up their play. But uh, coaches uh, generally stick with their team, and they try. You know, they get frustrated in a bad stretch, and then they go to work and try to figure it out. And obviously, we talked about the buttons being pushed weren't very successful uh, after the Purdue game. Uh, it seems like maybe he's found a few buttons, and and maybe can will continue to 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 you know work with this team in the right fashion. And we we get a win in these uh, next uh, one of these next two road games would really solidify where where Indiana's headed. Boy, it sure would. Okay, coming up on the assembly call, we are going to hand out our game balls, and then we will hit any other lingering storylines from this game. Then we will look ahead to that game in Mackey coming up next week, and then it will be time for last call. That's next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Zizloft, I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Thank you, Nick. You are listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. While you are there, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed to our newsletter. Uh, you can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. All right, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and the coach Brian Tonsoni. We are breaking down Indiana's eight-point victory over Penn State today. Guys, it is time for some game balls. Ryan, why don't you just get it out of the way? Going with Ray Thompson, baby. No, I, <laughs> I just I thought that his defense and his all-around floor game today was was the difference. And I and I think that you could definitely make an argument for Justin Smith, who came on late, made some free throws, made some great defensive plays. I w- I would not be mad if that was the decision from my my co-host, but I'm going with Ray Thompson. I thought that he absolutely was the best player throughout the game on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, with his two-way game, I mean. Um, eight points, four rebounds, but I just thought he was in the mix on everything today and made some great plays on both ends of the floor. And I thought, uh, again, we're just seeing the maturation of a guy who uh, is becoming, I think, Indiana's second best player. And uh, if you're going to argue with me about it, I, in 21 minutes, he was plus 13. So I, you can't, I don't I think, think anybody's can, arguing so. with you today. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going with the race Thompson. Man. Uh, I look, race Thompson, obviously a fine choice. The alternative to Race Thompson is not Justin Smith. You don't get a game ball just for playing a good five, six minutes. Now, they were extremely impactful minutes. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't think he did enough early in the game. You know, Coach, I'm, I'm giving Trace my game ball, and this might not be like the typical game where you give it to him because he's only 6 of 17, but he led Indiana in minutes with 31. He was tied uh, with Justin Smith. But I just thought, again, his willingness to stick with it and give Indiana that focal point offensively even when the shots weren't dropping, showed me a lot today and to stick with it defensively. So, you know, I think other guys 
had you know maybe splashier plays, although that transition dunk that he had was pretty great. Um, you know, or better offensive you know flourishes. But I thought from start to finish, Trace was consistent with his effort, uh, consistent with his attention to detail, and with his willingness to be that guy that the offense could revolve around. So. Uh, you know, just because he was a little bit inefficient, um, I still thought he was a key, key part of Indiana getting this win. So I'm going Trace. Who you got? Oh man, you get to you get to break the tie. You want to sticking it to the the old man? Sticking it to the old man. Hey, so you know, like we got a guy with 14 points, Al Durham, who really sparked Indiana in the first half, and we had another guard, Devontae Green, that really stretched it out. If Indiana had not given up that 22 to zero run or whatever, Devontae Green might have gotten the game ball for really putting the game away with his shooting. So there's two guys we haven't talked about. Um, Race Thompson. I've been giving Ryan so much crap on our text messaging about playing subs and everything and disagreeing. I felt so bad and dirty for disagreeing with my guy on on this Archie sub thing. So this is got to be in the game, man. So so I'm going with my guy from California, from San Diego, the greatest town in America. Race Thompson. Ryan didn't yeah. win the game ball. Race Thompson won the game ball. <laughs> I know, but like I who, who I've been are we asking for this for a long time? <laughs> but I, I'm going with Ryan. Race Thompson. All right. Well, that is that is Race Thompson's first game ball of the season. So it's been a long time coming. I won't repeat what my what, what I put in my in the text message about race. But once I rethought about that and that moment uh, where he blocked Lamar. Congratulations! Last great week for the young man. He deserves the game ball. I can't. I can't argue with that at all. I thought race was. He's really fought good. through a lot, man, and he's finally showing who he is. Yep. Um, all right. Any other storylines from this game, guys? That we haven't talked about. I mean, I think we've gone through the individuals. Obviously, we've talked about the coach. We've talked about the game plan. You know, maybe the one guy that we haven't spent a, a ton of time on. We're really two guys. You know, Armand Franklin got a few minutes out there. Five minutes. His airballed three-pointer came at a, a pretty big moment. That's a shot. I think actually, you know, Donnie Marshall on the broadcast was right about that. You've either got to not hesitate or not take the shot. You know, if when you you're in the middle shot, ground. If you make that shot, great shot. If you don't, that was a terrible shot. Timing, not yeah. not just the hesitation, but the timing of it was not good. Yeah. And especially because there was going to be somebody flashing wide open in the post, you know. He looked and, like and a guy on, who hasn't been getting many minutes and wanted to make a play. You know, yeah, and and Armand, I thought it's too early was, in the shot clock too. Yeah, too and I thought he was, time. I thought when he was out there, he's really engaged defensively. Which at this point of the season, if you're Armand Franklin, here's when you provide offense: when you're wide open and nobody is near you, or when you've got a driving lane. The, those are the two times you provide offense. We'll work on the offense for next year. When you're in the game, your job is to play defense and 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 move the ball offensively and, and make some things happen. Maybe throw it to the post. We've seen he and Trace work a little two man game of, you know, throw it in there. If I don't have it, I'll kick it out, repost and get it back. You know, we've seen them them do that a few times. They've got a little chemistry. That's what his job is. And his job is to do that and play defense. And if he's not doing that. He had a great drive in the first half to score. (laughs) That's where he's got to concentrate on his opportunities. He gets that closeout. He's got to work the ball. And then when people close out on him uh, too hard, then to, to go and either make someone else better or get to the rim and get fouled. Uh, Got to be or, finishing or at the shoot, rim or or playing defense. Or shoot That's a three it. in rhythm, you know, after 15 or 16 some seconds, the ball's moved, you know, sure. side to side, and then uh, then he comes open. That that was just way too early, That the one in the second half. Yeah, and obviously we talked about Deron Davis. You know, he had two points, you know, only played 11 minutes, um, but I thought, you know, did some nice things defensively and certainly showed that he's a guy that continues to need to get 
10 to 15 minutes a game. He can be really impactful with those minutes, and I think we'll continue to see him get those moving forward. So, Coach, let's look ahead real quick to that game coming up Thursday. When we walked out of that gym, because we were all there for the IU-Purdue game, and, I mean, Purdue kicked our butts up and down the court that day. We all remember that. They beat us by 12. It felt a little bit worse than that. They were 14-10. and 10. They're sitting at 7-6. and six, You know, look to be kind of clicking on, on all cylinders. Indiana's 5-7, and seven, really kind of struggling. Would you have believed it if I had said Indiana was going to go 3-1 and one in their next four and get back to 500 and that Purdue was going to lose their next four games? Because those two teams have gone in opposite directions since that game. No, no I wouldn't have believed it because of just what happened and, and when we were all together. But in this year's Big Ten, it's it's just crazy. Flip a coin. Who's going to go on a, on a – you know, Michigan and Ohio State have lost their series of games and been, had bad stretches and then had good stretches – you know, uh, Rutgers hasn't won on the road and lost today uh, to Wisconsin. So you you take the most recent game and think that's what's going to play out the next two or three games. And really, it, with with these kids these days, and it's all college basketball. Man, there's some road wins oh, happening these in the kids big... these days. <laughs> yeah, well, these, you guys are. You know, I, I won't get on a collar. tangent here, but I was. Yeah, the the miracle on ice happened before both of you were born. I'm celebrating <laughs> a few months. Day and, a few yeah, months. Yeah, I mean, you youngsters um, that I hang out with. But it, uh, ah, I forgot what I was even talking about. You no, you were yeah, saying that. Yeah, that yeah go ahead, coach. You can, you can't predict the next game based. Yeah, on you the can't predict game. games. I mean, it, it's just and Mackey's Mackey's going to be tough, um, and they're going to be really hurting. And I think. The problem with Purdue is focus, uh, just like it has been with several teams in the Big Ten, and I think that they're going to be really focused to try to at least maybe get back to the NCAA talk, but at least get to the NIT. I think Thursday night is going to be really, really extremely difficult, even if Indiana plays well. But I think we're in a position now better to play there than we were when we were last together uh, in assembly. Yeah, you know, it was interesting after they lost uh, to Michigan this week and you saw some of the comments coming out of that game it sounded like the kind of stuff that we've heard from Indiana games when things have gone poorly. You know, we just didn't play. We've got to play harder. We didn't, you know, we weren't tough, like all those different things. And so it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, no one is taking for granted anything going up to, to Mackey. They're going to be desperate, even though they're still a top 25 team in Ken Palm at 14 and 14. They, uh, they have a lot of work to do for the NCAA tournament. So that's going to be a desperate team. But, you know, I, I, certainly feel a heck of a lot better about it now that like that is a game I think we all agreed a couple weeks ago you looked at that and you kind of thought there's no chance we're going to win that game no chance like, we're just going to get killed because they're blitzing everybody we can't play on the road and let's just chalk that one up as a loss it's still likely to be a loss you know but now I think given that Indiana went and won, you know won a road game and you know was able to be tough in the second half after giving up a lead today to Penn State a really good team you know and kind of what Purdue has shown it looks like a, a game that Indiana should have. They should have some confidence when they go up there. That, look, if we go play our game, you know, we can play against these guys. You know, we let them punk us in Bloomington. We need to make up for that. So hopefully that's what we see on Thursday night uh, because, you know, obviously that would be just another huge win for an Indiana team that now has 18 wins with four to go uh, and very well could be a 20-win team. And, and that's my last question for you, Coach. As you look at it now from a from a bracketology perspective, to me, I, the reason I thought this win today was so big against a Penn State team that's you know top 20 every place you look, human polls, computer polls, all that stuff, gets you to 18 wins, gets you to back to 500 in conference play. To me now, Indiana is probably 
two seed lines ahead of the bubble. Now, I mean, you've given yourself a little bit of margin for error, you know, and, and you don't want to necessarily look at it that way. But for a team that's been on the razor's edge all season long, now you're starting to push yourself up to where you start look at seeding instead of just are we making the tournament? And that's wait, wait, wait. where we want to be as we go down the stretch. Worth noting, Indiana has more quad one wins than the entire than anyone in the ACC. Yeah, like that's worth noting. I mean, when you're looking, and all at of its losses are are fifty below in the net. It's just amazing to me, like Providence and some of these other teams with big wins automatically gets moved in by bracketologists, and everyone bad plays Indiana because when they've lost, they've lost bad, but they've still only lost to good teams. So um, this morning I, I moved Indiana up to a nine because a lot of the teams in the nine ten range lost, which was, a, like I, I said, I think at halftime, a really good uh, – it was good, or earlier in the show, it was good for Indiana that those teams lost. And now that Indiana's won, I do think it moves them up comfortably to a nine seed. And you don't want the 10 seed and the 11 seeds. That's 10 teams that are in the last 10 teams in. So if you, if you're an eight or nine from a variety of people from Andy and everyone else, it's a little more comfortable. You still can't lose out. Um, it's getting close to the point where Indiana could lose out and still with the number of quad one wins. So I think Indiana right now is in comfortably if the season ended today. Easy to say that. You still got to play the game. You still got the tournament. Yeah, as of today. not around. As of today, very yeah. safely in, and I would say at the nine seed line. But you have six quad one wins. Um, San Diego State doesn't have it. Gonzaga doesn't have it. Uh, so just put or that in. Or Aztecs last night. Man. Yeah, um, put that into perspective. And. It's uh, part of our job that Andy and I do that's somewhat frustrating, and it's hard, too, because you got to eliminate your bias for your own, own team. But I do feel pretty comfortable. If Indiana just simply wins their two home games, uh, that puts them at 20, and I don't see a, a 20 and 11 Indiana team uh, with uh, six or seven quad one wins at that time not getting in the tournament. So we, we, we control our own destiny. Uh, we don't need help from anyone else. Well, that game Thursday night, or that Purdue game is on Thursday night, is a 7 o'clock Eastern tip on FS1. So, obviously, no assembly call radio on Thursday night, but the postgame show will serve uh, as kind of a dual uh, radio show slash postgame show. So, we hope that you It's actually kind of nice when we get to do that. So it's, it's especially, fewer, yeah, especially this time of year. I, yeah, I like one fewer weeks. show that we have to do. Yes, I do. I do. I've come to very Not much Not that we don't love weeks. bringing you guys this show. It's just it can be, uh, you know, sometimes we're doing three shows a week. Yes. Sometimes I mean, Jared with Monday, you're doing four. I mean, ugh. yeah, it would be fun to talk to Mike DeCourcy tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll be see what he has we'll to say. I got uh, kicked off a of banner Monday, by the way. I think that's funny. Everybody should. Yeah. Just because we don't do the mailbag part of it anymore. Yeah. I know. I just don't have as much time anymore. Uh, anyway, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 20% off your entire order at homefieldapparel.com with the promo code ASSEMBLY20. So if you want a great deal on the most comfortable and unique IU apparel that you will find anywhere, go to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 for 20% off your entire order. All right, gentlemen, it is time for last call. Ryan, why don't you go first? Yeah, I just thought it was a huge win, and and the biggest part about this win was Indiana showed heart. Indiana got up by 19, and you thought, man, this is going to be a nice little Sunday. Just cruise to a win over Penn State, a top-10 team, pad that resume, and and it was you know looked like it was going to be easy. And then Penn State went on. I believe the totality of the run was something like 30-5. to five. I mean, it was, yeah. it was an ins- insane run. 
to to take the lead and be up by I think they got up by six was the most. And Indiana could have wilted right there. And for a couple of positions, it looked like they were going to just kind of stagger and fall back and lose another one at home and, and blow a big opportunity as they had blown against Maryland. Instead, they fought back. They they inched their way back into the lead, took a solid lead, lost a little bit again. And when they lost a little bit again, they didn't wilt then either. They they stepped up and they finished strong. And, uh, you know, it was really impressive to see that team take that punch, which was a huge gut punch, and get up off the canvas and, and fight back and win the and win the game. And uh, really a great job. And it was great to see the maturation of a guy like Race Thompson continuing to step up, see Trace Jackson Davis not having his best game, but still fighting through it. And then to see a guy like Jerome Munner have one of the biggest plays of the game, stepping into a three-pointer to help bring us back from the brink. And and then also to see Justin Smith sort of finish the game strong, see Al Durham play really well in the first half and then step up late and make some free throws. I I was just impressed with this team top to bottom. R- Rob Finnessy getting rebounds and steals, uh, it, even though he didn't make a field goal, uh, be a really integral part of the game. I think that that when you start to see that kind of stuff happening, you start to feel better about this team. And over the last two games, they've had two really big wins. Three out of the last four have been really big wins for Indiana. And and it's starting to feel like this is a tournament team. This is a team that, you know, with a star like Trace Jackson Davis, teams aren't going to want to play a team like this, with if, especially if they're playing this kind of defense. Coach? Uh, I'll echo a lot of what has been said um, and what Ryan said that, Coming back from 48-42 is just huge for this Indiana team because they just have not demonstrated that. I, I will also point to the what it seems like the togetherness on defense, uh, talking. Uh, Jared, you had mentioned from your seats at the Purdue, it seemed like there was not a lot of togetherness and communication on defense, and it seemed we're not close now, uh, obviously through the television, but it did seem like a lot of people pointing and talking and that this team has a better vibe about themselves uh, at this point, and, and you just wonder why that turned on at at this point of the season. So uh, it, that that's good to see, and it's good to see Indiana basketball have a chance now to really get back in that tournament. And now it's just able to uh, uh, Indiana's got to be able to go take care of business in these last four games. You win two games, I think Indiana's in regardless of the tournament. You win one, you're going to have to win a game in the tournament. But now we're not hoping. Uh, I, I think. The style of basketball has come around. And one of the things we thought we had in Archie's teams was getting better basketball uh, at this point of the season. Last year, they won four in a row over Michigan State and to get back into it after a horrible run. And it seems this year that they're also doing uh, better towards the end, and we'll, we'll see here in the last four games. That's my last call. That's what I'm hoping to see. Uh, and – just, just good basketball, uh, despite the, the, that run. Good, to, good to hold home court and good to, to just keep moving forward. And um, you, you feel good for the guys who are playing. You feel good for the coaching staff because you know they put a lot of work into it. We just turn on the on the TV and sit in the recliner. And, and so for those guys, uh, you know, when you're in the arena, it can be a long grind, and and victories are really satisfying. So besides. Our enjoyment as fans, I'm really happy for, for all the players and the staff and the people involved because it's just so much easier when you win. Well said, Coach. All right, for my last call, we're going to do a quick blind resume here comparing two players. So here's player A, playing 28% of the minutes, offensive rebounding percentage of 10.4, defensive rebounding percentage 22.8, block percentage 5.8, steal percentage 2.9. Player B, 
playing 33% of the minutes. Offensive rebounding percentage, 11.4. Defensive rebounding percentage, 11.7. Block percentage, 5.6. Steal percentage, 3.4. Player A is Race Thompson this year. Player B is OG Ananobi in 2016. Now, I am not saying that Race Thompson is the same level of player, the same level of defender as OG Ananobi. What I am saying is that the impact that he is having on this team, both statistically and just from your eye test as you watch it, as Big Ten play emerges, that is the guy that it reminds me of, is the impact that OG Ananobi had in the second half of the season in 2016. And sometimes for a talented team to fully come together uh, and to be able to overcome some of its weaknesses, you need a young, talented guy to emerge and kind of believe in himself, his teammates believe in him, starts getting more minutes. That's exactly what OG did in 2016, and it is exactly what Race Thompson is doing right now. Now, obviously, OG continued it and had you know some just amazing performances in the NCAA tournament you know that year, and then and obviously you know this year's team is not as good as that 2016 team, but in terms of the impact that one guy can have. I think that's what we're seeing from Race Thompson, and it's fun to watch. It's fun to see develop, uh, and it's fun. It's rewarding to watch a guy like him who has had so many issues with injury and being in and out of the lineup. Man, when he is in the lineup, he makes such a big impact for this team, and he was terrific today. You know, look, I, I think we all would like to see him start. We all believe that you know he should be a starter. He's certainly one of Indiana's five best players, and I think Archie Miller is showing that whether he starts or not, he's going to play. 24, 25 minutes, basically however many minutes he can handle uh, from a from a conditioning standpoint. Uh, but he has really helped this team improve. And if he can continue that, stay healthy, uh, he's making this Indiana team a really tough out as we go down the stretch. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson, who produces a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Thursday night after IU Purdue. Until then. Take it from me, Christian Wofford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come. This is Don Sony. Man, that was a satisfying victory. Yeah, it, it, it was. You don't like giving up that lead. But you know it's a game of runs and, and everything finds its level at some point. At this point, everyone's good. And here's the interesting thing, too, as fans, we love it that Indiana spurts out to a 19-point lead in six minutes, and then we get frustrated when Penn State comes back in six minutes. Uh, you called it. Yep. Uh, it just happens. You just know that they were going to do some things and get back in it. But the, I did think at 48-42 we were in trouble. Oh, heck yeah. We were in trouble. But that's I think that's a sign of growth from this team. I don't know if they that's come right. back from that three weeks ago. You know? That's why I got paid. Instead of opening up all the chat rooms and everything, I got to listen to your banner moment. I was getting all my <laughs> settings done. Well, and I mean, later you know, in my defense, I did say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for exactly. whatever reason, yeah, sorry. I didn't for, hear it twice. Sorry for those of you who were here live. There was like a five-minute delay. For whatever reason, like the button that I normally press to turn everything on, Stuff just didn't go live. I have no idea why. So I'm I'm getting done with like the home field ad read and I see coach text. He's like, Hey, are we live? And I'm like, God dang. 
So then, so we did the banner moment again, and then everything worked. Uh, but it was just kind of tucked in there at the beginning, so it was it was we, fine to we, bring it back up. Again. We we have post meetup hangover. Yeah, boy, Andy's we do. Mic. I didn't <laughs> plug in the mic. You didn't hit the button. The button didn't work. Man, assembly call has a nice meetup. We got a lot of fans. Yeah. Now we're falling off the rails technology wise. Sorry, right. good good. Got to refocus. We do need to refocus. We do. We do. The team has refocused. We've got to get ourselves right. refocused. We do. All right, Coach. Hey, congrats on your big win last night, too, by the way. Oh, man. We had we had lost three in a row, close ones, four points, overtime, four points, had some bad officiating. Yeah. Uh, teams we probably – good teams, double-digit win teams, so they were tough games, but we felt we were better than them and got beat. And then we won two this weekend, and uh, we beat a fifth-ranked Lafayette Central Catholic team. And um, I tell you what, uh, I, I'm biased because the, the young guy that I worked for was my assistant. Uh, at one point, but he put on an absolute coaching clinic last night yeah. in putting uh, the worst defender in ball screen defense. And um, the guy, we, we run some slip screens, but he was guarding our best three-point shooter who was a dead three. And so we just set ball screen, slipped him to three, hit four threes in the first quarter, and our That's team awesome. just started. It was just, he put on a clinic. That is just, awesome. Just fun. And we're, we're, we get our sectional draw. Well, it started right now, so... I haven't heard yet who we have, but uh, it's starting to come down to tourney time. All right. That's so exciting. thanks. Yep. That is exciting. All right, everybody. We will. I'll talk to you guys for Banner Monday tomorrow, and then we'll talk to you Thursday after IU Purdue. See ya. See everybody. We saved big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the cash to take a family vacation. To Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yeah. This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for things like the mortgage and groceries, or even a travel magazine, so at least they can see pictures of Hawaii. Aloha! (laughs) Yes, say hello to those beautiful Hawaiian beaches in that magazine. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player time.